Welcome back to the Walk of the Word podcast. My name is James and I'm the pastor here at Sarah Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain. And this is our midweek teaching. We've been walking through God's Word one chapter a week. We began all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. And today we get to Leviticus chapter 14. Now, as we say every week, if you've not read this in the recent past or if you've never read Leviticus chapter 14, go ahead, press pause and read it, and then we'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in the Word. So Leviticus 14, we seem to say this every week, uh, carries on right where 13 left off, and we're talking about lepers, uh, people or uh, things that have been... Uh, decided or declared leprous. Uh, Now what happens? How do we cleanse them? What's the process for reintegrating them, be it the people or the things, back into daily life of the community? As we said last week, I'm not going to say it again so many times this week, where we read leprous, talk about leprosy, nowadays we would think of one very particular horrible Uh, infectious skin disease in this place and at this time we rather clock back a few thousand years this was the big broad term to talk about many many skin diseases and afflictions so Leviticus 14 begins the Lord spoke to Moses saying this shall be the law of the leprous person for the day of his cleansing he shall be brought to the priest and the priest shall go out of the camp and the priest shall look Then if the case of the leprous disease is healed in the leprous person, the priest shall command them to take for him who is to be cleaned two live clean birds and cedarwood and scarlet yarn and hyssop. What a great and positive note to start off this chapter with. Last week there were lots of inspections, there were rules, there were regulations. Uh, What is to be declared leprous, what is not? And then this week, if the leprous person who is now in the meantime or has been living outside of the community kind of cut off from the core of the community if they are healed of this skin affliction this disease um, there are some ceremonial things that need to happen but they're going to be reintegrated back into the community it's really interesting as we work through the first half of this chapter, we see that at each stage of the process, the inspection, the first round of ceremony, uh, the next round and the next round and the next round, at each junction, the previously unclean, uh, leprous person is moving closer and closer to the presence of God at the center of that community in the tabernacle. So here at the beginning, the priest goes out of the camp to the leprous person. Somebody sent word, hey, look, this person is healed. Uh, so let's send a priest out and let's let's check. There are rules, there are regulations. Is it clean? Is it not clean? Is this disease gone? Uh, does this person still pose a credible threat to the health of our community? Bigger picture. Uh, but, you know, the priest shall command them to kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel over fresh water. In the end of verse 3, if this person is deemed to be healed, 
clean, to be welcomed back in the community. And then the stuff that the priest is taking with him. The first thing, as we just said, they're going to command them to kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel of a fresh water. Maybe your Bible says living water. It means it's water that's been uh, taken from a a running source. Uh, it's, it's not stagnant or, or, or dead. It's living, it's fresh, it's alive. Uh, so this bird is sacrificed over there. And then the rest of this passage down to verse 9, there's this very ceremonial and a little bit odd, this, this, um, this, this, this ritual, this ceremony. And it's very much like the scapegoat that we're going to talk about in much more detail in chapter 16. But for now, without giving too much of the game away, there are lots of little pointers come together to form a huge big pointer to the work of Jesus. All these various elements, uh, the bird, the water, the hyssop, the scarlet yarn. If this person is declared clean, uh, if the leprosy, if their skin disease is gone, it's no longer infectious, they're not going to be a, uh, a harm to the community. There's this very particular and a bit peculiar ceremony of, 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 of sprinkling them with blood. They're going to wash um, and they're going to be pronounced clean. And the living bird is let go. There is still life for this person as they're being welcomed back into the community. The next stage of the process is that they come back into the, the camp, into the community, but they live outside of their tent for seven days so that everybody in the community can see this person was leprous was in, in in essence dead to us not part of this community anymore now they're clean they're alive again they're back with us and they stay there so probably somewhat uncomfortably outside of their tent for seven days so that everybody can see that they're back and they have been pronounced clean and we are to welcome this person back and on the seventh day they're going to shave they're going to wash and this time they've already done it previously when the priest's gone to them uh, this time we read in verse 9, on the seventh day he shall shave off his hair from his head, his beard, his eyebrows, he shall shave off all his hair, wash his clothes, bathe his body in water, and she'll be clean. So they're going to shave off everything from everywhere. It's like they are being born again. They're fresh, they're clean. This leprosy, this horrible infectious skin disease of whatever variety they've had is gone. They've been pronounced clean. There has been a sacrifice made on their behalf. There is new life available to them. They're welcomed back into the community. And they are evermore now approaching the center of that community, God's presence with his people. And then on the eighth day, uh, they take two male lambs without blemish, one ewe lamb a year old without blemish, and a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah, a fine flour mixed with oil, and one log of oil, which is about 300 milliliters of oil. Uh, think about like a can, a soft drink, can's worth of oil. And that's quite an expensive uh, list of stuff to take. You've got three lambs there, two male lambs, one ewe lamb, uh, quite a lot of flour, and... Uh, some oil as well. And the second half of this passage, verses 21 to 32, the same process that we're going to talk about now happens, uh, but with uh, elements that are not as expensive. There is always provisions 
for the poor in the community of God's people. The methods are the same, the places are the same, the rituals, the ceremonies, and, and the results are the same. But what they bring to the table, so to speak, what they contribute, what they give, is less. And so I read recently that you know, leprosy, the, a lot of these skin diseases weren't healed, weren't overcome overnight. So you've had somebody living outside of the camp for a, usually an extended period of time, no way of earning money, no way of working because they're essentially living with other lepers. And so now they've got quite an expensive um, list of things to get. Three lambs, lots of fine flour and oil. So anyway, all that to say, verses 21 to 32 talk about this same process, but with uh, not as expensive elements. Uh, so the priest who cleanses him, uh, the the one who's been out and said, yes, this is healed, we're going to start this process. The priest who cleanses him is going to take these things to the entrance of the tent of meeting. We are steadily moving inward into the community towards the presence of God. Uh, just really quickly, verse 11, the priest who cleanses him, it's not the priest's job or role to make him clean. The priest simply checks what God has said in his word and makes a judgment based on appearances. Now that's exactly the same for you and me in our church communities now. Your pastor, your priest, your minister, your bishop, your vicar, however you like to title the guy at your church in overall leadership who preaches, teaches, he doesn't make you righteous, good enough in God's eyes. He simply teaches what the word says, goes by what the word says, and makes a spirit-filled judgment based on what's in front of him. So, the priest, uh, we come to the entrance of the tent of meeting, sacrifices are made, uh, and then very, very interestingly, just like the priests themselves back in chapter 8, we read here in verse 14, the priest shall put some of the blood uh, on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb, and on the big toe. And again, we've talked about that. You've got to hear God uh, you've got to be ready to serve God. You're going to walk in his ways. But really, really interestingly, this now happens for somebody who was leprous and outside the camp. They're now being welcomed back in. Not actually installed as a priest, but they're, they're essentially being anointed. Being ceremonially, if not literally, ceremonially ordained and anointed so you were so far cut off from from the community and, and and the presence of god with this community now you've come back you are a wonderful example for us all of what was dead and is now alive once was not with us now very much with us and as the priests have this wonderful privilege of ministering uh, to the people on behalf of god the lepers also have now got this wonderful privilege of being a living example of people who were dead and cut off and who are now alive and very much part of the community. Again, it is a radical change for those who have overcome diseases that were termed uh, leprous and leprosy. We continue through verses 15 to 20. Uh, more sacrifices, more rituals, more ceremonies. Uh, the oil is uh, sprinkled 
uh, with the finger of the priest seven times before the Lord. Some of it is going to be uh, put on the lobe of the right ear, who's to be cleansed, and the same again as the thumb of the right hand, the big toe of the right foot, and then on top of the blood of the guilt offering, the anointing, the acceptance, the uh, the setting this person apart as as a new creation, as 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 back to life, so to speak, born again. We've said that they've shaved and cut off and washed everything as if they are brand new. All of that anointing and the picture it paints uh, of the work of the Holy Spirit that only comes after it is put on top of the blood of the guilt offering. So for you and for me, there is no way that we can access the miraculous and spectacular indwelling power of God's Spirit without the blood of the sacrifice that Jesus made. It doesn't work like that. We can't bypass the sacrifice to get the spectacular. We have to join ourselves to Jesus in his death and resurrection if we want to be filled with the power of God's Spirit. We read um, in the end of verse 20, uh, The priest shall offer the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the altar. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him, and he shall be clean. What a great journey for this person. You were unclean. You can't live with us. You, simply being here is dangerous for the rest of us. We've got to, you've got to be separated from us until this is dealt with and gone in your life. Now we're going step by step. First the priest's going to come to you, then you're going to be uh, in the camp but not quite uh, back to normal. You're going to live outside your tent, then you're going to go to the entrance of the tent of meeting and now finally, days after you've been inspected and told, yes, this is gone, you're healed, it's like you're brand new. We read at the end of verse 20, he shall be clean. What a great journey for those people. What a hope for those diagnosed with leprous skin diseases that there is a way back. Now, really, really interestingly, these very particular and somewhat peculiar rituals and ceremonies of those uh, declared leprous, between now and the end of the Old Testament, there is one example of somebody being healed from delivered from, restored from these kind of diseases. Now, that doesn't mean that it never happened, but it does mean that this was not the norm. Just because it wasn't written down doesn't mean that it never happened, but there is just one example of somebody who is caught up in something so serious and restored back to a fully functioning member of the community, this new life that's an opera, and that's Miriam in Numbers chapter 12. Uh, as we said a couple of minutes ago, verses 21 to 32 speak essentially the same things uh, for those declared leprous, now healed, who couldn't afford to bring the three lambs uh, and the rest of those things. Uh, but the, the process is the same. The method is the same. And it, so it doesn't matter who we are, where we come from, how much money we've got, how much stuff we've got. The method, the healing on offer, the restoration on offer is the same. And it doesn't really matter what we bring to the table because the healing and the restoration is going to be the same for us either way. 
Moving down to verse 33, uh, we essentially talk about the same thing, but for uh, houses, for our dwelling place. We read in chapter 13 about what happens in tents. Uh, Now we read, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When you come into the land of Canaan, which I will give you for a possession, and I put a case of leprous disease in a house in the land of your possession, then he who owns the house shall come and tell the priest, There seems to me to be some case of disease in my house. It's a very relaxed way of saying that, isn't it? Uh, Excuse me, priest. There seems to be some kind of disease growing in my house. Uh, We read there, uh, When you possess the land... And the houses and the homes, and I put a case of leprous disease. Now, there are a couple of ways of thinking about this, that God has judged the former life of those who lived uh, in these houses in Canaan, these pagan worshipping um, people that have been uh, run out of town, so to speak. Um, it could be judgment on those, or it's a very Jewish way of writing about the fact that everything that God passively permits... You know, it's not wrong to say that God has has done it. It's just another way of saying that we are to be in submission to his permissions just as much as we are his explicit declarations. Uh, But the idea is not that God goes around putting leprous diseases uh, into everybody's houses. So we call a priest. The priest shall command that the house be emptied because we care a lot about people's health. Uh, and the, it's going to be examined. There are lots of checklists. You know, if it's this color, if it's the, if it's this, if it's that, this is what we do. Uh, and then the the house is going to be shut up for seven days. Uh, we're going to expect it again on the seventh day. We're going to look if it's spread uh, in the walls. Then the stones that it is on are going to be taken out the wall, and they're going to be put in a, an unclean place outside the city and the inside of the house is going to be scraped all around and the plaster that they scrape off is going to be discarded. Other stones are going to be put in their place and it's going to be replastered. Uh, verses 43 to 47, if it breaks out again after stones have been taken, the priest goes back to have a look. If it's spread again, if it's, we read, a persistent leprous disease, if this is more than, you know, skin deep, the house is essentially going to be taken down bit by bit, carried out of the city to an unclean place. And then anybody who's been in there uh, is going to have to quarantine until evening. Whoever sleeps in the house needs to have to wash those clothes because mold, fungus, these bacterial infections that we're actually talking about when we read leprosy in the house uh, it can be dangerous to people and God cares about your physical health. Uh, between verses 48 and 53 it's going to be cleaned ritually, ceremonially as a person with leprosy and then at the end of this chapter verses 54 to 57 is a, is a bit of a summary This is the law for any case of leprous disease, for an itch, for a leprous disease in a garment or in a house, for a swelling, an eruption or a spot, to show when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law for leprous disease. Again, the big picture here is that God cares about the health of his people. This is to protect the health of the people. And these rules, these regulations, this checklist, they're so simple and clearly laid out that yes the priests would do the inspection and have the final earthly say on things but they're so clear they're so simple that the people knew what was going on they knew that if they had x y or z on their body 
a priest was going to come and look and confirm X, Y, and Z. So this wasn't a super secret thing that the priests went around doing of their own accord, making their own decisions. This was very clearly laid out. This was very simply put to the people. Again, with the big picture that God cares about the health of his people. And if that meant somebody unfortunately needed to live outside of the community for a, for a period of time to protect the rest, that was going to happen. But there was always opportunity. There was always uh, a method for them to be brought back into the community, healed, born again as such, when what has afflicted them has gone uh, it's like they're a brand new person. They were essentially dead in the eyes of the community, not part of it, not living with us, not contributing. And now they're back. And again, they're moving closer and closer and closer to God's presence as they do so. Next week in Leviticus 15, we will talk about other things uh, to do with the body. But until then, God bless.